Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Welcome back to the ESBC Political Betting Podcast. I'm Sarah Lynn Robinson. This is Josh abner Vizquet. Today for you, we have a breakdown of the RNC. We have uh, wives and girlfriends of Trump's sons. We have uh, a kid who went viral as a um, hateful meme against Native Americans. We have uh, two... Uh, two people who, older people who uh, pointed guns at Black Lives Matter protests and uh, protesters. And we have uh, more, yeah, uh, we have more swamp monsters and less masks than I have seen in a very long time. <laughs> it was the Republican National Convention. It, what, it what a four do. days. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do is give you a different angle that you're not getting anywhere else. And what we're going to look at is from a betting standpoint, we're going to look at it from the betting markets, and we'll do that at the end. What we're going to do is going to play uh, three speeches, and Sarah and I are going to break it down, but we're going to break it down from what is the messaging, right? How are these people uh, trying to trigger you, okay? Who are they trying to trigger, and how does the math work, right? It's all about that 35%. So this is the, all the math I'm going to give you that's going to make you a lot of money in the betting markets when it comes to politics. And it's that 35% equals 51%. So the whole idea of the speeches you're going to see is to pump that up, that 35%, so all of them go out to vote with the triggers. Which are those triggers, right? Sarah and I are going to say. So without further ado, we're going to start with the first speech. We're going to go Trump Jr. We're going to go Laura Trump because Laura Trump is the one hiring the consultants for the messaging, and that's what she does for a living. And she ends up with a, a good old Eric Trump. So it's very interesting uh, from a social standpoint. But Saracen's charge of the Sultan stuff. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> the math. And uh, we both, she gave me Kamala Harris. I had no idea about Kamala Harris. And I asked her, who should I bet on for Kamala Harris? Yeah. And Sarah Lynn Robinson said Kamala Harris mm -hmm. is going to win. And uh, that's $100. That's the first $100 yeah. on the podcast that Sarah uh, won. So I'm going to share the screen here. Yeah. We're gonna go, without further ado, we're going to go Trump Jr. And uh, I took notes before. We're going to do it again. Break down the themes, right? How he's trying, who he's trying to trigger. And what messaging is he using from Laura Trump and her team? Because Laura Trump is in charge of the campaign. Good evening, America. I'm Donald Trump Jr. We're here tonight to talk about the great American story, to talk about this country we all love, this you land here, of promise and opportunity yeah. of heroes and greatness. Just a few short months ago, we were seeing the American dream become a reality for more of our citizens than ever before. The greatest prolonged economic expansion in American history, the lowest unemployment rate in nearly 50 years, the lowest unemployment rates ever 
for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, women, and pretty much every other demographic group. And then, courtesy of the Chinese Communist Party, the virus struck. The uh. president quickly took action and shut down travel from China. Joe Biden. Okay, we'll stop it there. What, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, that's that's enough for me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, one thing, and I think I mentioned this last week. One thing I just can't get over is giving coronavirus or COVID nineteen the the misnomer of the China virus. They are purposefully inciting racism against Asian people and especially Asian Americans. Um, and that's not even just my opinion. There have been a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans. So again, we're using, as I said last week also, we're using China as the boogeyman. We're using communism, these buzzwords like China and communism as, uh, as fear mongering tactics to turn people against Biden. Same reason we call, same reason they call him China Joe on right. their, you know, email digests and their, uh, their um, uh, approval polls. So um, yeah, I really, I really resent that. Also, um, it is globally known that the US was one of the slowest in response to the pandemic. And Trump and his cronies are touting their border closures and their travel closures, but their bans were not bans and were actually fairly inclusive and tens of thousands of people continued to travel and spread the virus. And, you know, I want to go back to the fact that he knew about this months before it started. Why were his, also his, you know, associates pulling out their uh, stocks and profiting off of this? They knew and they chose not to act. And he called it, I think it was in February when he called it a hoax. Right. Um, so that's just what I have a lot of thoughts about, you know, that 15 second clip that you just shared. Um, but that's my biggest takeaway um, is they're really using, whereas Biden and, and Harris are kind of using coronavirus as their platform to get him out of office. Trump is using it as his platform to stay, but he's manipulating the information. And it's not true, just like the unemployment claims are not true. So um, I just, again, as last week, I urge everyone to do their own research. I've done personal fact checking, not on Donald Trump Jr. speech, but I went through and looked at uh, fact check of Trump's over an hour speech closing out the last night of the RNC. Um, yeah, and there were over, <laughs> what's that? We won't have time for that on that podcast. Yeah, no, 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 that's, we will, there's never enough time. <laughs> but there were over 20, you know, outright lies or at the very least exaggerations. Right. Um, and people are believing that. If you get all your news from Fox News or from the RNC, of course you're going to believe it. Right. So uh, the travel ban, you're absolutely right about that. So 400,000 people came from China. So it wasn't a ban. What it was, it had 11 loopholes. As the result of 11 loopholes, 400,000 people, including 10,000 from Wuhan, mm -hmm. migrated from China to the United States up until May when the LA Times wrote mm -hmm. that article and they finally put the clamp. But what I'm interested right. in as well is the strategy of Laura Trump. Because all these people, and we'll, we'll give you, we'll not do Eric's speech, we'll just do his because his, uh, in a short time, right? We only got eight minutes left on his, gives you what their whole strategy is. Uh, he first, before he did the blatant uh, racist uh, comment that 
Sarah alluded to, he tried to soften it up by saying that this has been the best economy mm -hmm. for uh, black and Latinos, right? So yeah. that's a direct, right? And, it, and it's very interesting to demographics, right? That's a direct appeal to Hispanic uh, males mm -hmm. and to black males. Mm -hmm. uh, and to women, yeah. None of whom he's helped, but he needs their vote now. So he's pandering to minorities because so, it's, it serves him now. I, and I'm very interested to hear your answer and we'll lit, hear it after we hear uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Mm -hmm. I got a picture of him and get, Gavin's a nice guy. His ex-wife, who's now dating him, Trump Jr., mm -hmm. um, she targeted him because that's what she yeah. does for work. She, but yeah, I'll give her credit. Not only is she, you know, above 50, but she targeted him. She's above 50 and she got him. And she's sitting there and she's made over $750,000 working for these people the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, from a business standpoint, congratulations to her. But from a right. social standpoint, it's like, man, that is so shady and dirty. But right. uh, the question I'm going to ask you after that, the big question we'll close with is uh, how, how does it, who is the American suburban mom, right? And mm -hmm. how are these messages going to trigger them? How, how is how yeah. going to trigger uh, these suburban moms? Right, because they're yeah. going to decide the election, and I, I want to see right. what does he have for the suburban moms. All right, so you just we'll pick up here at uh, Trump Jr. being racist towards the Chinese. Biden and his Democrat allies called my father a racist and a xenophobe for go. doing it. They put political correctness ahead of the safety and security of the American people. Fortunately. As the virus began to spread, the president acted quickly and ensured ventilators got to hospitals that needed them most. He delivered PP&E to our brave frontline workers, and he rallied the mighty American private sector to tackle this new challenge. There's more work to do, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Job gains are outpacing what the so-called experts expected. But Biden's radical left-wing policies would stop our economic recovery cold. He's already talking about shutting the country down again. It's madness. Democrats claim to be for workers, but they've spent the entire pandemic trying to sneak a tax break for millionaires in Democrat states into the COVID relief bill. Then they attacked my father for suspending the payroll tax for middle-class workers. In fact, if you think about it, Joe Biden's entire economic platform seems designed to crush the working man and woman. He All right, so details are very important, especially with these mm -hmm. people. And Trump Jr., uh, in books and in newspaper articles, is known as the dumbest Trump, right? Uh, it's between him and I hadn't Trump. heard that. It's interesting. He's the dumbest Trump. So as a result, mm -hmm. Laura Trump put him through the cold. They've been practicing the speech for six months. So right here uh, is gaslighting. And what I'll do mm -hmm. is at the beginning of this podcast, I'll put a recording of myself in September. Uh, I'll put these two recordings in September of 2019 as a result of me having a meeting with um, my old mentor, 
is worth $30 million liquid, and he's gracious with his time. He mentors me on finances and the economy. He said the next recession is going to be the mother of all recessions. So I told all my clients, and I even told people on the podcast that it was going to be a uh, recession. And everybody thought it was crazy, right? And for many reasons, right? Uh, recessions come in five to seven-year cycles. We were on year 13. Uh, the tax break towards the rich trickle down never works. The rich just keep mm-hmm. the money. And right. I know because that's my job, tax mitigation. <laughs> they don't want yeah. to need to take risk anymore. They're their own banks, right? So they hoard the money. They don't trickle it down to start new business ventures who they view as too ri- risky. So that's never worked, right? That's why Bush called yeah. Reagan uh, voodoo economics. Mm-hmm. But as luck would have it, Larry Cutlow, and maybe Larry Cutlow sees that they're losing and uh, wanted to clean his hands of this, but the head economic advisor for Trump said that they knew uh, recession was coming anyway, and it was the start of recession. Mm-hmm. To try to kind of say it. So that's gaslighting there when he said that uh, Biden was trying to sneak in a tax break for people in uh, blue states like Sarah and I here in California. What it is is an extra tax that Trump put in to the liberal states, the blue states, mm-hmm. and deduct local taxes from your federal. That's what he's talking about. So when we say gaslighting, right, that's a specific example of gaslighting, Mm -hmm. of twisting something that they're doing and doing something else. My mother used to call, hey, when you get in a jam, accuse your accuser. That's what they they do in Cuba. So Mm -hmm. it's a communist technique that they use in communist Cuba that was learned from the Russians. So the Russians are doing it. And it's kind of interesting that the Trump family is using a Russian technique. Mm-hmm. And we'll see more of this. Accuse your accuser. Right. Well, yeah, he's had a lot of a lot of uh, training from his BFF Putin. Um, but yeah, this is interesting because uh, I just I just uh, read about this this morning actually that he Trump was uh, originally going to withhold. Um, financial help and deploying troops to areas affected by the hurricane until his advisor said, we need these votes. We don't want to lose them or, you know, potentially damage our our polling places or our ability for, for them to access their, uh, their votes. So he's only when it is beneficial to him is he restoring, you know, these, these areas. Um, so of course the blue states are not beneficial to him so he doesn't, he's written us off already. He could not care less about uh, California. And that's why every time we have fires, he's, you know, blaming, <laughs> blaming the blue voters for that. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Oh, exactly. Well, we're, we're giving people insight into exactly what's going on. And nobody's doing it, which is sad. But if it's not you, then who? If it's not now, then when? Right. He supported the worst trade deals in the history of the planet. He voted for the NAFTA nightmare. Down the tubes went our auto industry. He pushed for TPP. Goodbye, manufacturing jobs. Beijing Biden is so weak on China that the intelligence community- Oh yeah, I loved that, Beijing Biden. Chinese Communist Party favors Biden. They know he'll weaken us both economically- That's also not true. Trump mentioned that as well. That's not true. 
Biden also wants fear, to bring right? more fear. illegal immigrants mm-hmm. right. from American citizens. Fear. His open border policies would drive wages down for Americans at a time when low-income workers were getting real wage increases for the first time fear. in modern history. He's mm-hmm. pledged to repeal the Trump tax cuts, which were the biggest in our country. After eight. So those tax cuts are the ones that I'm alluding to, which mm-hmm. accelerated the, the recession. Right, exactly. Yes, I because. Have, I have, yeah, I have an MBA. Just to qualify for the people, I have a master's of, uh, and we'll, we'll get it to the last three minutes here. Because more term for me is the biggest one for me. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, to qualify it, I have an MBA, I have a master's of business administration, I have a master's of business science, have securities licenses, series six, series seven, and I have clients net worth of 20 million, 50 million. And that's when you get those real education when you see they have a, a slew of advisors. And these guys, once you get to the table, now I understand the seat of the table. Once you get to the seat of the table in those meetings, you're as a middle-class guy your eyes open it's like damn you should have been mm-hmm. teaching this in third or fourth grade mm-hmm. so that's why the whole thing with capitalism competition how can you compete when you don't have all this information you should be having but that's right. why I have a podcast yeah well information that they don't yeah if they don't have a seat at the table okay we'll go the last three minutes I think you wanted to finish strong actually we'll go the last two minutes schools just because of their zip code Donald Trump will not stand for it. If Democrats really wanted to help minorities and underserved communities, instead of bowing to big money union bosses, they'd let parents choose what school is best for their kids. They'd limit immigration to protect American workers. They'd support the police who protect our neighborhoods. They'd learn how to negotiate trade deals that prioritize America's interests for a change. They'd end the endless wars and quit sending our young people to solve problems in foreign lands. They'd cut taxes for families and workers. They'd create opportunity zones that drive. Okay, I just wanted to go gaslighting the whole letter, right? Yeah. Who started the, the war in the Middle East? A Democrat or a Republican president? <laughs> a Republican. <laughs> right, right. And you say you blame the Democrats for the other war. Right. I that's that's what I don't get. I mean, this is just in other words, completely built on misinformation, gaslighting, and fear mongering. Right. And, and and after the suburban question, I'm gonna ask you, uh, who are these people, right, who believe this, right? Who aren't mm-hmm. doing research and are taking what he's saying as gospel. Right. He's lying to them on purpose to rile them up to get them to vote. Right. Mm-hmm. For the forgotten men and women of our country, they'd do exactly what... Pre- okay, so that's very interesting right there, the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And this is the last question I'll ask you, number three, is who is, right? Because they talk about our life. Who is the silent majority? The silent majority, yes. That's yeah, I mean, I think that's another that's another buzzword and, you know, key phrase and term that they've thrown around because they want their supporters to feel like they are the disenfranchised ones. They want their supporters to feel like they're the ones that are on the outs and they're, they're backing the blue and they're, you know, fighting the good fight and they're fighting to stand up for our country when, you know, Democrats are absolutely not the antithesis of that. And of course it runs the gamut. We have extremists on both sides and I'm not, you know, necessarily agreeing with that on either side, but I think they, 
like I said last week with pandering to the lowest common denominator, they want people to feel like they're on the outs and they want people to feel afraid. So they give their vote to this, you know, this persuasive uh, demigod instead of doing their own research and figuring out what's really going on. Right, right. We'll dig deeper into that when we close. President Trump is doing. America is the greatest country on earth, but my father's entire worldview. Okay, um, American exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. This is a key, key thing. Yeah. Around the idea that we can always do even better. Imagine the life you want to have. One with a great job, a beautiful home, a perfect family. You can have it. Imagine the country you want to live in. One with true equal opportunity where hard work pays off and justice is served with compassion and without partiality. You can have it. Imagine a world where the evils of communism and radical Islamic terrorism are not given a chance to spread, where heroes are celebrated and the good guys win. You can have it. That is the life. That is the country. That is the world that Donald Trump and the Republican Party are after. And yes, you can have it. Because unlike Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats, our party is open to everyone. It starts by rejecting radicals who want to drag us into the dark and embracing the man who represents a bright and beautiful future for all. It starts by reelecting Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. Thank you, and God bless America. Where that music, and as we get into Laura Trump, her speech is only like five minutes. Uh, it's very interesting, right? Because he had him do this speech for six months. It's really like a three-minute speech. We did mm -hmm. the first three minutes. This is the end. And words that he repeated were radical and heroes, right? And it's mm -hmm. uh, right out of Marvel Comics, right? Where mm -hmm. the good guys win. And he said the word heroes. Remember, we didn't do the whole thing. We only just did three minutes at the end. And he said heroes like four times. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, actually, from all four nights of, of the RNC, was how rampant the nationalism is. Um, and I, it, it's frustrating for me because I'm very proud to be an American. I'm thankful to be an American. Right. People die protecting our country. People die trying to get into our country. Right. Um, so I, I feel very privileged and fortunate to have been born here. But I don't understand this fairly recent notion that we need to be better than everyone else, that we're showing, you know, America first, I, that just sends chills down my spine because I understand wanting to fix our internal problems. No one wants to fix our problems more than I do, but why do we need to be better and throw out, you know, horrible terms like shithole countries, you know, that Trump has said in, in the past year about other places. Why do we need to be best? Why can't we just celebrate uh, our great nation, try to make ourselves better while also helping those who are not as fortunate? I don't understand the, the rampant nationalism. We'll do a podcast, uh, you, I, and King Saint, Saint Sick, because King has a very good point. So does Matt Bird. We're going to get Matt Bird on this. He said what you just said is dog whistle for uh, white nationalist racism. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. the white race is exceptional and better than right. all other races. Right. So this That's is the thing. It's just like, sorry. Uh, it's just like, you know, people who think that Black Lives Matter, they, you know, combat that with White Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. No one is saying that Black Lives Matter more, but they have statistically, historically not been equal. Why do we need to, why does America need to matter more? Right. In, in, in what King Sink would say, and uh, I want to put words in Matt uh, Bird's mouth, but I would like to ask him, we could have a really good panel, mm -hmm. is that dog whistle for... Um, white nationalism and white supremacists, right? We are- mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so right. of control. So this, right. this speech to me, I thought was the most interesting because it comes from the horse's mouth. She's the one mm -hmm. that's coming up with the strategy. She's the one that wrote the, the, the speech for mm -hmm. uh, Don Jr., Eric, Tiffany. Mm -hmm. Ivanka wrote her own speech with Jerry, but she's the one in, in charge of the whole messaging right now. And she's the mm -hmm. one who fired the, campaign director and put in the new one and mm -hmm. she's been paid a nice cool million dollars it's her money that eric has no ties to it goes directly right 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 and did, did you marry uh, eric for a love or money good evening <laughs> daughter of bob and linda unaska sister to kyle mother to luke and carolina mother, see, and the daughter-in-law of our 45th president donald j trump but tonight, I come to you simply as an American. My life began like many in our country. I grew up in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. My parents were small business owners and worked hard to make sure that my brother and I had everything we needed, but not everything we wanted. See, she did 100%, 1,000% better job than Don Jr. Uh, humanizing herself and connecting. Absolutely. I'm just a normal North Carolina girl. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, we saw that a lot in the in RNC. There was also a couple who owned a small um, coffee shop in Montana, and they did the same thing, you know, talking about how they were able to not lay off any of their employees. And that's, uh, you know, it's, that's humanizing. So it's, they're very good at what they do. Right, right. And that's how we learn, right? That's how, mm -hmm. us, you know, poor to middle class people learn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the techniques that we can use in business mm -hmm. and in life. Mm -hmm. It's really the only access we get to. <laughs> we, right. We, we learn, like Madonna made a great point. You learn from people lying to you. Why did they lie? The delivery of a lie. Mm -hmm. And determination. That the opportunities available to me were limited only by the size of my ambition. That I should dream big. And I did. Those very dreams are what led me to New York City. Okay. And everything is very scripted and to the point. That was the shot at uh, white privilege. Mm -hmm. yep. I'd heard the adage, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. And I intended to do just that. Never in a million years did I think that I would be on this stage tonight. And I certainly never thought that I'd end up with the last name Trump. My seventh grade English teacher, Mrs. B. So let me, let me ask you this. I think that's where she messed up, right? She did get a humanizing herself, but she mm -hmm. the old rookie mistake people make in life and business <laughs> even entertainment and it's called the uh the high school syndrome like the kids from the high school yearbook take pictures of themselves and you see the yearbooks like we don't care about you we care about everybody else nobody cares right. about to new york and nobody cares about her seventh grade teacher people are like right what you're gonna do for me lady so right, right. there 
I think she messed up. Right. Because the beginning was very accessible, and this is where right. it becomes not accessible to the average American. He's like, I don't care about your seventh grade teacher. Right. <laughs> Half of what you read, and only what you're there to witness firsthand. The meaning of those words never fully weighed on me until I met my husband and the Trump family. Any preconceived notion I had of this family disappeared immediately. They were warm and caring. They were hard workers and they were down to earth. They reminded me of my own family. They made me feel like I was home. Walking the halls of the Trump Organization, I saw the same family environment. I also saw the countless women executives who thrived there year mm. after year. Gender didn't matter. What mattered was the ability to get the job done. I learned this directly when mother because uh, what she's doing there is uh, selling Trump to us, right? That he's right. She's sexist. trying to erase decades of sexism and you know co covert racism and you know all of these allegations of sexual assault and and rape and abuse and things he was actually caught on tape bragging about. Right, and that's one of the things I'll miss of uh, Elizabeth Warren not being into this, how mm. she, she attacked Bloomberg, and, and I hope Pence and them get attacked in a way, because mm -hmm. what Elizabeth Warren would do in this situation, and it would be, you know, hope Kamala Harris, but Kamala Harris is good too, what mm -hmm. I would do, I wouldn't even necessarily debate Trump. I would say, listen, uh, I'll release every single document you want. I want you to re release the agreement you had with Ivanka's mom, right? Right, right. Y'all know that he repeatedly uh, raped her last two years of the marriage, and he ended up, pay he even doubled up paying in 2016 Ivanka's mom. Right. She was going to say, right. screw it, I'm going to say this anyways. And right. He doubled up and even gave her a ridiculous amount of money. He's not going to give her yeah. a ridiculous amount of money unless the contents of what's in that agreement, it's uh, really, really bad. And we all know the right. situation. Right, exactly. That was terrible. And then, of course, there's the Stormy Daniels issue. And as we touched on last week, how many, and this is just speculation, but I believe it to be true, how many uh, abortions he's paid for and then covered up, but he can't, he can't oh, uh, open up about that because of the pro-life sector. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll put that in the episode notes because there are uh, court records showing mm -hmm. Trump paying for abortion. Yeah, that, yeah, that absolutely. A lot. And a lot yeah. of them came out when, um, at least, it's crazy when uh, a basketball player, Shaq O'Neal, is more transparent about the abortion mm -hmm. he paid for. But they're, they're public records. So we'll put that in the episode right. notes so people have a link. So then they say, oh, these guys are making that up. No, no, no. This is verifiable proof of mm -hmm. Trump. Uh, writing checks for abortion in yeah. one uh, when he started the presidency and obviously Melania was impregnated so uh, yeah I don't get into people's business that's their business and I don't judge people mm -hmm. but uh, he's with Pence and I would ask Pence question he's so anti-abortion right this is on your watch right right he's a man of honor of dignity and the morals that he say he is he's such a Christian you immediately, mm -hmm. my dad would resign. I would resign. I can't. Absolutely. Morally, I'm yeah. against abortion. Here's this guy paying for abortion as a 70-year-old pig, as Anna would say. <laughs> the mm -hmm. white guy paying for, you know. Right. Right. Uh, but that's that this entire, yeah, uh, this entire administration is about turning a blind eye 
and you know manipulating facts and falsehoods. I also want to touch on that from Laura Trump's speech. This this new uh, concept of him as this all-American family man that's brand new and is completely unfounded. And this circulated a lot, this discussion circulated a lot when he was running against Hillary. I, I mean, first of all, I am beginning to think we will never have a female president. Kamala is, is you know, the closest that I think we've gotten because Hillary, even though she won, you know, didn't, didn't make it all the way, unfortunately. But um, this is what makes me think that we can never have a uh, female president because if she had had three marriages and, you know, multiple right. abortions, she'd cheated on them, you know, five kids from three different spouses, there's no way she wouldn't be dragged through the mud for that. And yet he's being celebrated as this family man who also is married to, and I have nothing against Melania except for the fact that she's complicit, but he's you know, saying these horrible things about immigrants and his wife is an immigrant and also 20 years his junior. I, there's just no world where a woman could get away with all of that. And somehow he's still being lauded as this family man. It baffles well, me. In any sort of intelligence, because the latest abortion he paid for was his stupidity and not knowing that the log from the Secret Service is public record and anybody could look it up. So a reporter mm -hmm. looked it up and said, oh, who's this chick? Oh, wait a mm -hmm. second. So he's not the brightest star on the planet either. Right, right, absolutely. All right, so let's see her, her snowdrop. How we're being gaslighted so we can defend ourselves. And believe me, I've used stuff from political conventions to make money to be able to communicate to diverse people and people the opposite of me and business meetings. So it didn't surprise me when President Donald Trump appointed so many women to senior level positions in his administration. Secretary of the United Nations, Secretary of the Air Force, the first female CIA director, the first black female director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, and countless ambassadors, just to name a few. Under President Trump's leadership, women's unemployment hit the lowest level since World War II. 4.3 million new jobs have been created for women. In 2019 alone, women took over 70% of all new jobs. Female small business ownership remains at an all-time high, and 600,000 women have been lifted out of poverty all since President Trump took office. He didn't do these things to gain a vote or check a box. <laughs> he did them because they're the right things to do. 100 years ago today, the 19th Amendment was ratified, granting the right to vote to... All right, so and we'll advance hers as well to, towards the end. So Anna, the psychotherapist, would say that, and uh, we're going to be doing a true crime series too. And it's very interesting. And, and we got a we got a case in the popper here that uh, we probably end up making uh, national news on because it hasn't been properly investigated. But I go back to a movie about the 1400 two French detectives, and they solved cases just by talking to people. And right there, she just confessed. Right, she just confessed. <laughs> Because what you say, your original trot, is the truth, right? Anna, mm -hmm. my wife, a psychotherapist for 16 years, would not play. She would have, in a therapy session, she would have stopped her right there and said no. Right. Called her on her therapist. It's funny because therapists call us, but calling people on their shit, right? Yeah. I mean, right. yeah, that's really their job. Right. So you just confess, Laura, 
that the only reason he hired all these people was for political reasons and to check right <laughs> right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah she, she completely outed, outed herself. herself yeah right? and remember she's the one running the campaign all right mm -hmm. okay, we'll get to that because you're upset with that too and i'm upset with it too the joke yeah not merit-based but just who you know right right the nepotism is, is unbelievable to maintain order to keep our children safe in our neighborhoods and in their schools to restore our american way of life we cannot dare to dream our biggest go, yeah. dreams for ourselves or for our children while consumed by worry about the safety of our families president trump is the law and order president from our mm. borders to our backyards president trump will keep america safe she said President safe Trump three times will keep that. America prosperous. Right. President Trump will keep America, America. If you're watching tonight and wrestling with your vote on November 3rd, I implore you, tune out the distorted news and biased commentary and hear it straight from someone who knows. I wasn't born a Trump. I'm from the South. I was raised a Carolina girl. I went to public schools and worked Five my way through a state that. university. Mm. Just repeated this is Dean from my seventh grade English class. Seventh so grade again. I don't care about right. <laughs> how, how, how many no times are we going to talk about heard. you in seventh grade? <laughs> a speech. That he loves his family. We already that he didn't said that. Job. Right. Yeah. No one on earth works harder for the American people. That he's willing to fight for his beliefs and for the people and the country that he loves. He is a person of conviction. He is a fighter and will never stop fighting for America. He will uphold our values. He will preserve our families. And he will build upon the great American edict that our union will never be perfect until opportunity is equal for all, including and especially for women. Our 40th president, Ronald and thank you for continuing to fight every day for America. May God bless and protect the Gulf states in the path of the hurricane. May God bless our troops and may God continue to bless this incredible country. Yeah, I'm just seeing a lot of pandering, a lot of buzzwords, a lot of fear mongering. And, you know, she's saying, don't look at other sources because that's misinformation. Get it from the horse's mouth. And I'm telling you, he's a great president. So, of course, people are going to believe that. Right, so she's building her credibility, her social proof, mm -hmm. right? Right. There's also a lot of a lot of um, white privilege, and yeah. I I almost feel like she's using this might be a little bit of a controversial take. I almost feel like she's using her femininity and her sexuality, and you know she's a fit, blonde, attractive, well made up woman, and she's using that to forward this notion of this hot Southern belle, all American girl. You know, you should listen to me, even if you're not as lucky and wealthy as and privileged as I am, um, because I am the true all-American girl and the true American dream. Right. That's so, what I'm getting from it. Right. So, uh, convincing the suburban vote, which they need, will only do mm -hmm. the last two crazy minutes of her speech. Yeah. This uh, is she. This took the cake off the rails. Bat shit crazy. This speech. It's a, we'll fin let's finish Laura Trump. Safe, right? Uh, Saturns and Teslas sell women because they feel that those cars are safe. So Laura Trump was convincing the American suburban mom 
that mm-hmm. Trump's the safest choice. And Don Jr. was doing that too, right? Beijing. Right. Right, right. So I'll, Because, but, yeah, if your primary concern is your children, if you are a, you know, suburban mother, and we all want our children to be safe. Who doesn't? D- certainly Democrats, that's not something that we're fighting against. But I think if, you're, uh, if your target demographic is, you know, maybe a, a stay-at-home mom or a young suburban mom who lives in, uh, you know, a small conservative town, that is what they are most fearful of. And the things that they're seeing on the news right now, looting protests, riots, uh, coronavirus, people coming in to steal our jobs, quote unquote, um, safety is your primary concern, your family's your primary concern. So feeling scared is going to be your biggest motivation to vote for him. Got it, perfect, perfect. No, absolutely. Insight on the suburban mom, you not get anywhere else. And then after her speech, I'm gonna ask you another question of my observation of suburban moms. Mm -hmm. That's what she's going to do, but I think uh, she had the opposite of her. She might have scared suburban moms. She scared me. Take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Like my parents, you... She just confessed herself as to what she's doing. Right. <laughs> this was like confessional by uh, Laura and uh, Kimberly Gorfoyle, former yeah. Gavin Newsom, governor right. of California, and now current... Yeah, that's wild, too, that connection. Anna, Anna would call her a current co-friend of uh, Don <laughs> You can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. I mean, I I couldn't have written it better myself. She's right. like an SNL caricature of herself. And, and didn't you copy that from an SNL kind of skit? Kind of remind me of the skit from The Office that Rain Wilson did about he was copying a Mussolini speech. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That's I, I, I'm getting dictatorship vibes. It's a, a completely off the rails. I don't know who gave her the idea that she should do that, but that was misinformation as uh, all, everything that we got from the RNC was. Right, in the, in the right. Fear, right? It, was, it was a huge fear thing. And I'll ask you this question, because uh, it's crazy, right? The whole thing is crazy. Uh, as a Hispanic male going out through life, doing business, so, and they're friends of mine, and I love them to death. And uh, uh, anything I say on the podcast about people, and Sarah knows me, <laughs> Uh, from off camera that I, I try to be as raw and as authentic as possible. So anything I say on the podcast is not something that I do not say, right, to somebody's face, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but white racist people that are friends of mine, right, 
always make the really ignorant distinction that I'm Hispanic and not black. Mm. So they'll sit there and then I'll keep my mouth shut as because I remember when I had the restaurant, uh, all the money we made at the restaurant, all the fun we had at the restaurant, what most I got about the restaurant was uh, sociology. You're able to watch people come in, sit down, people who didn't talk to me, I would listen to their conversations. Uh, people who did talk to me, people, I learned their whole life story that came into the right. So that whole combination of everything, extremely fascinating to me. So when a white suburban mom that you talked about, stay-at-home mom or mom that works or mom, the combination of both, when you keep your mouth shut, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. You keep your mouth shut and you listen to them. Most mm -hmm. people in a half hour confess, right? So let me ask you this because it's very important. Uh, to the suburban mom, they're trying to not only trigger and emote and get emotional, they want to trigger them and make emotional so much that mm -hmm. once that mail-in ballot comes in, they go and they send it out. Or mm -hmm. if there's a hundred things going on and they don't have time to go to the voting place, this fear or whatever emotion they have, they want to invoke mm -hmm. emotion. And as an artist, you're professional invoking emotions. Get them so emotional that they will spend four hours in line at the voting to make sure they vote. Mm -hmm. So because this is the thing, right? We're not, and that's why this podcast, even though it's sports oriented, we're three-dimensional, right? That Joseph Campbell talks about. And human beings are not as simple as we think. Some are, some aren't. And I've sit with a stay-home suburban mom, mom that are half work, half stay at home, and mom who are 100% career women and just care about the kids because they have guilt, right? They'll say, oh, if I could give these kids up, I would. And it would be 100% racist. We'll say the horriblest things you could ever imagine about black people, black men, black women. But then when they talk to their kids, completely different person. And they teach their kids not to be racist. Give their kids tremendous values. And some of these women are, I call them super mom women who understand, right, on some level that being racist, that other things they do is horribly wrong, right? But to their kids, give them a whole different story, which I don't have any kids, so I'm the last person to give any advice. My wife's the marriage and family therapist. She knows but I have a hint, and I'll ask you this question too, uh, that eventually the kids find out. <laughs> it is not good and the kids feels lied to when they're in the teenage years. <laughs> oh, you've been right. lying to me your whole life. This is the way you feel. But right. those, those are, the, are, the, are the people they're trying to get through the vote. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I want to bring up this quote from um, Matt Gates that specifically relates to, um, and actually there's one from, from the uh, protest couple too, but that specifically relates to this, you know, suburban housewife demographic. Right. So Matt Gates says that Biden wants to, this is a direct quote, invite MS-13 to live next door. I just want to say, I mean, that, and again, I brought this up last week because one of the polls that I'm getting from their emails right. uh, is listing a couple of times they'll list him as MS-13 loving Joe Biden. That is just so insane to me, but they have to be doing that because, again, it's pandering and someone must be believing it. 
but the people coming here to seek asylum are also running away from MS-13. Why there's absolutely zero threat, as far as I'm concerned, that MS-13 is going to move in next door to you. But <laughs> if you, uh, you know what I mean? But if you are concerned about your, you know, suburb and, and the welfare of your children, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people are, I also, you know, don't have children and I live in, live in a city. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different, right. uh, a different life that I'm living. But if that's your primary concern is keeping your family unit safe, you're going to hear buzzwords like that and it's going to scare you and then they also said uh mark and patty mccloskey they were the couple that uh pointed guns at black lives matter protesters they said um they said that joe biden and kamala harris are trying to again a direct quote trying to get rid of the suburbs who is trying to get rid of some no one that's not on anyone's agenda that's right. the last thing anyone wants so I, yeah, it's really uh, mind boggling to me, but if this is where you're getting your information, if this is where you're getting your opinions, if you, you know, confirmation bias, right? So if you have pretty much already made your, up your mind and you're watching this, of course you're going to believe it and you're still going to vote for Trump. Just like I'm still going to vote for Biden. So uh, right. yeah, now, it's a- But there are people who are making up their minds, they're in the middle. Uh, mm -hmm. You and I are like uh, different that we actually do our, our research. Right. The thing that I that I noticed, and just to give a visual of them. The yeah. <laughs> right. This, I mean, these two, and what was his name? Uh, who talked about cancel culture? The MAGA kid, um, Nicholas Sandman. Right. Um, these two, I mean, that just killed me. Oh, and they had, um, they had Dana White, right? The UFC, the president of USC. Yes. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I the fact they were just grasping at stress. I was waiting for, you know, uh, that country singer who's famously a, a kid rock, uh, yeah. the country singer who's famously a Trump supporter. When is he going to come out? When is Angelina Jolie's dad going to come out? They're just grasping at straws. And that's why his entire family, including Tiffany Trump, who I've never seen in public once. Right. Uh, even she was she was invited to speak. The nepotism, the legacy. The, I mean, it's all it's all just laughable. Right, right. Uh, yeah, there's Dana White. And, and because I get hey, back everyone. to I am Dana White, the president. The the actual trigger, right? Because we had a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You see the flyer. How they trigger when they come in. What they see and what gets them not only to buy but to come back and to become regular not only be a regular but go back to the corporation and say hey this place is what we got to get for catering right so obviously looking at laura trump she couldn't get a job in the private sector so she mm -hmm. had to get a job to her husband but right lucky for right. her it's always better to be lucky than get she got a million dollars out of it uh the suburban mom she's running around and working at the polling place, I noticed these suburban moms come in and they're like, oh, where's the guy? So they're reading the guide in line and then they're making decisions. You can see them and they work hard for that hour. They're in that booth looking through the cannabis statements. They don't even know who the judges are or whatever. So that's what they're pounding to, right? That sound bite, mm -hmm. that's why the speeches were three minute cycles mm -hmm. and the same words over again. Right. Busy suburban mom who doesn't know who to vote. And one time they verbalized it, right? 
Um, and that's the thing about a brand. So they did a very, very, very good job of pounding in what their brand is. That's why I brand 52.5% of break even, where it's 7 to 80%. You make the margin, right? That's our brand. Mm -hmm. Their brand is what, Sarah Robinson, from what you got? What is their brand? I, I think their, um, their brand is American nationalism and exceptionalism, and it's uh, fear mongering and. What's so that? King Sip, we're going to get that podcast going because King Sip will say that American exceptionalism, and it used mm -hmm. to be democracy. We're going to make you democracy. We're going to take you rack over, and we're going to make you Democrat because mm -hmm. uh, American exceptionalism. But King Sip mm -hmm. and a lot of the NBA guys take it a step further and say that, uh, and let me know your thoughts, that American exceptionist right now in the Trump concept is equates to uh white supremacists white supremacists i dominate you i'm in control i can shoot you i can kill you i can do whatever i want to absolutely well and that's why there's been an uptick in the amount of hate crimes against you know lgbtq citizens against uh trans you know trans women we had a horrible attack against three trans women uh a, a few weeks ago in la um against asian americans because of the um you know, rampant racism regarding COVID-19. Uh, he's giving, he's giving these people permission, these neo-Nazis, the so-called alt-right, these people who are living this, you know, alternative lifestyle, I guess, if you want, that's a, probably a kind way of saying it. Right. And, you know, living kind of in the, on the fringes of society, he's giving them privilege and a mouthpiece and permission to do whatever they want to do. Like, uh, I believe this is his last name, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, is that the, the shooter in Kenosha? Right. Who shot and killed two people? Yes. Um, you know, you can't tell me, I'm not saying it's directly Donald Trump's fault, but I, I can't imagine that that ever would have happened with someone else in, in office, maybe even a more reasonable Republican in office. He is radicalizing, yes, that, absolutely, absolutely insane. He's radicalizing people. Right, and Tucker Carlson and uh, Sean Hannity, who advised him, mm -hmm. all justified right. what this guy did, which was right. to, to kill two people. That's why um, he he's arrested, right? Mm -hmm. So when I took at it as their brand, let me know, and you can say yay or nay, right or wrong, uh, fear, right? Scaring that busy suburban mom who does not have yes. the to research, right? Right. Another conclusion is they feel that their 35% who they are triggering, right? 35 equals 51 is their strategy. That they're going to rile up is 35% of people and get 100% of them to vote and squeak out another victory with maybe some help from the Russian or whoever they're paying, paying off. To mm -hmm. kind of skew that a little bit for, so they can win. But they feel that their 35% are stupid. They're not going to do their research. They're racist. They're white supremacist. Mm -hmm. And they triggered and dog whistled them enough, right, uh, to get them to vote. That's, that's the real brand, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So you're in agreement with that. Uh, yeah. And we'll close with these two things. 
uh, I'll show a couple senators they showed that links to us in putting money on these races and monetizing these races. So the time he spent paying attention to politics is paid off with mm -hmm. you picking the right people. All right. Remember, 52.5% is break even. 70 to 80% is what we have. And that margin is where you make that money. It's that compound mm -hmm. interest. All right. Mm -hmm. So the silent majority is a guy who's in the union, but he's conservative, right? Feels that mm -hmm. if he wasn't in the union for 30 years, He's in this fantasy that he would have a company and that he would be capitalist and we'd have all this money. And he's Archie Bunker. He hits black people. Um, he makes all the decisions in the family. That's why he's been divorced three times. And now he has mm -hmm. a mail order abroad from a third year bride from a mm -hmm. third world country, right? Is that your silent majority? And then you have, right. this is interesting too, right? very interesting statistic that translated to the governor's race two years later where Gilliam was hands down the better candidate. I mean, we're talking Republican, Democrat. He was a guy was more educated, more talented than DeSantis in Florida. He loses. Mm -hmm. And Hillary loses to Trump. Now, mm -hmm. uh, I hire lawyers, right, for my concierge service when super rich people get in trouble. I'm the one that hires the attorneys. I'm the one that hires the accountants. And then I quarterback them. And even though these guys, especially in L.A., making $1,200 an hour, I'm the one coming up with the strategy, t telling people to do injunctions and this and that. Mm -hmm. Part of that is that women are worse on other women in juries, Right? And it's in our uh, criminal justice podcast. Black people have never had a juror of their peers because it's easy for attorneys and judges to get black people out. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, Hillary beat Trump among all women 51. And I'm going to ask you this because you'll have insight into this 51 to 49%. Between mm -hmm. all women, I was shocked that 49% of women voted for Trump. And it goes to what Laura Trump and Garfield were saying, right? Mm -hmm. White women, which is a high number. I think that number is going to be lower this time because the Democrats are kind of hitting it, especially. Yeah. Yeah. 54% of white women, right? And 48% of women in blue states. In uh, red states, it was closer to 58%. Never got to 60, right? Because remember when my grandfather told me, and it's true, it's, it's scientifically true for studies, 40% of people are always for you. 40% are always against you. So it's that battle for the people in the, in the middle that want to see if you're on top. At work, you see them, right? Or when I go as a, as a concierge to a business, they're looking out to see what car you have. They're looking at my stomach to see if I have a belly, what kind of shape I'm in, because that's how they decide whether you're legit or not, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a specific demographic. So they never got up to 60%, but Trump, between those women in the middle, obviously those women felt that Trump 
will keep them more safe than Hillary mm -hmm. would. Right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Why, and why I, I, Trump? Why, why did he have that advantage over Hillary? And was your prediction now putting on the betting podcast hat of mm -hmm. how those same women, right, that you know you grew up with and you see in life mm -hmm. and in business, how are those women? And you've been, you're, you know, born in Detroit, raised in Denver, mm -hmm. in Chicago. Now you're in LA. You mm -hmm. know different parts of the country. How, mm -hmm. why did they do that in 2016? And um, your prediction mm -hmm. on how they will decide this time? Yeah. I think the margins are going to be razor thin again. If I had to choose right now, I'm going to throw it to Biden and Harris. Right. Um, still ahead in the polls, although it's it's very close. But uh, I think last time we truly, even as women, I don't think we were ready for a female president. I think uh, I think Benghazi and the fact that uh, her husband cheated on her and uh, the Clinton administration, the fact that there was some uh, past, I, I don't necessarily believe that this is true. Again, I read her book and she addressed this completely, but a lot of people believe there were some misappropriated funds with the um, Clinton Foundation. But I think um, those things lost her the presidency, but I also think that it's just the fact that she was a woman. I think people feel, again, it goes back to safety and security. I think people feel safer with a man at the helm because we still have these, you know, really traditional gender roles that run very deeply in our country. And I also think that uh, it comes down to money and privilege. I think that a lot of white women are not going to be affected by another four years of Trump. Whereas, you know, black women, immigrant women, uh, young mothers, um, rape or sexual assault victims, all of those minorities, LGBTQ women, all of those minorities will be affected. But if you're a middle-class, you know, straight white woman from a small suburb raising her family, and that is her primary focus, you're probably not going to be affected. Um, so I think it's that, and I also think it's the money. I think a lot of people are voting party over person because of money alone. Right, so, so they feel that Trump will keep them safe mm -hmm. uh, from the economic standpoint versus right. And Kamala. Right. Right. And your prediction yeah. is that Kamala uh, and Biden will narrow that margin of white suburban women who mm -hmm. voted Trump last time. Yeah. I think the pandemic, I think, makes a difference. Because yeah. that's a record of Trump messing that up, right? Mm -hmm. Not yeah, absolutely. Kamala or Biden saying that's that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think, and I think again going back to your nepotism, I think they should have brought somebody from who pulled themselves up from the bullstraps from being mm -hmm. poor class to maybe right. run the campaign and the messaging. Because I really, honestly, looking at it, taking emotion out, taking politics out from a business standpoint, I did not think they brought the influence game up enough mm -hmm. to yeah. convince uh, battle-tested people for yeah. like, figuring out how to be poor to middle class to upper. Right. 
women. And a lot right. I've helped a lot of rich upper class women who want business skills because they want zero dependency on their rich husband. So those women too, I don't think they convince those women either. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. But our opinions are a little bit different because we put money on our opinions. <laughs> so uh, we'll finish with this. And this fascinates me, right? Two things fascinate me. Uh, right here in the bottom right. Uh, and it's something that we talked on the on Thursday podcast. We had the Reverend from Louisville, Kentucky on the front lines fighting for um, – I'm passionate about, and it's not any uh, anything political. I think both people on the right, people on the left, should all join in this fight, and it's the fight for Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Right? Fighting back tears. And the reason I'm fighting back tears is because twice in my life, when I lived in the hood, uh, the place next door had been raided, and shots were fired, and people killed, right? So every time I read a, a thing in the newspaper about they got the wrong house, they got the house next door, that easily could have been me, right? This mm-hmm. easily could have been you. And please read this story in the New York Times. It tells you what happened, right? Mm-hmm. This is in Kentucky. Uh, Amy McGrath against uh, Mitch McConnell. It's yeah. Fighting uh, chance there, right? And more, you know, we're pragmatic here, right? So she's probably going to lose. However, more resources that she can get him to get in this race the better off he is. Yeah. He uh, got a deferment and he got a medical thing to escape the draft in the Vietnam War. She's Mm -hmm. a military woman for 30 years. She Mm -hmm. she was in combat. Uh, She she walks and talks like a Republican but is registered as a Democrat. So very interesting. But the reason I'm going to do from a money standpoint and you can bet on this uh, and we got confirmation because uh, elites keep information from us as much as possible, right? So they can have a competitive advantage. But at the political conventions, they have to put their cards out because they're desperate about something. And mm-hmm. they're desperate about this woman right here by the name of Joni Ernst. Keeps coming back to Joni. <laughs> She's in Iowa, and it's a huge race, and it's going to be close. So it gets another uh, woman. Um, let's see if we can put it on her. Jo- Joni Orange's appointment. And the fact that she's there means that from a betting standpoint, there's value in her opponent. Uh, let's go. Joni Ernst. Uh, we'll play it maybe the end of her so you can listen while I look up her opponent. House is important. Folks, this election is a choice between two very different paths. Freedom prosperity and economic growth under a Trump-Pence administration, or the Biden-Harris path, paved by liberal coastal elites and radical environmentalists. An America where farmers are punished, jobs are destroyed, and taxes crush the middle class. That is our choice, and it's a clear one. Thank you, and God bless. And we'll get her appointment here. And we'll get your uh, your thoughts on that, Sarah, as we close. 
Kim Reynolds, governor of the great state of Iowa. I love this state, and I'm so proud. I'm sure you to do. Serve. You're the governor. I'm sure you love it. What do you, what do you think about her presentation? About Joni Ernst? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, again, very smart people on her staff. She's uh, just like Laura Trump. She's trying to package herself as this all-American you know, woman, this trustworthy woman. And, you know, you can trust me because even though Trump has historically been not necessarily anti-woman, but he's not, he's not a, a candidate who is trying to help women or, um, you know, further a, uh, any sort of equal agenda. Um, I think that they are, yeah, they're packaging her as this very, accessible figure and you know she's a woman but she's also for trump so you can trust her and uh, you spent time in the midwest so mm -hmm. how does that affect what she says these coastal elites <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i even even uh being in the midwest you hear in the um in the bigger cities i mean you hear that and uh yeah it's that's something that people really really cling to because i think they're scared especially if you've maybe not that there's anything wrong with this but if you've maybe never left your hometown um right. or you're from a very small town i think places like new york and la that have this reputation for being so liberal so radical and so um you know so big so scary so filled with crime if you think that those are the places making your choice for you you're going to be scared Absolutely, absolutely. And here's a visual on Teresa Greenfield. And then, mm -hmm. uh, what for me, it's going to be a very exciting race. And I'm going to look at the numbers and uh, decide who uh, I'm going to bet on in this race. Uh, and you bet on the closer races because you, you make the mm -hmm. most money. Remember, Let's say the Monmouth poll, it's always skewed towards the Republican. It's almost like a fake poll for social proof, right? Mm -hmm. The whole idea of social proof was the beginning of Laura Trump's speech. Hey, I'm married to the super rich guy. I'm super smart that I left North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I went to New York City. I'm not a dumb hick and blah, blah, blah. Right. Seventh grade teacher. So Monmouth is always skewed. To the right, so they have Joni mm -hmm. by one. Going mm. register as Greenfield by three, right? And then uh, this random poll here has mm. Ernst by one. So okay, the strategy is that Ernst is going to win, right? Well, what we detail for you here that nobody else is the silent majority. The silent majority is going to eat into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I so who are you going to give it to, Ernst versus Greenfield? I am going to be different than the dumb people, right, that they think don't do their research. I'm going to do mm -hmm. a little bit more research on that race. Okay. Uh, this is going to go county uh, by county. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use the information you gave here on this podcast about the silent majority, who they are, and mm -hmm. are they going to pull Ernst to the top? In yeah. Iowa? Or... Is something we we're leveraging on the podcast is that 95% of people are incapable of change or unwilling to put in the, the work for change. But I think 
times have changed. And the world has become smaller with the internet. And some of those silent majority people in Iowa have either died off mm-hmm. or are looking at a new dynamic. And you want to talk about fear, uh, something they didn't, or, uh, again, another liability of having a Laura Trump in there is that they did not address the fear that seniors have because seniors now have clear evidence that Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump wants to cut their social security and then didn't give them any support with COVID and COVID was a direct hit on nursing homes and seniors. Mm -hmm. So right there, if I had to do it today, I would go with that 3% for Teresa Greenfield in Mm -hmm. Iowa to upset, uh, big upset and make some money with Greenfield because she will be the underdog in that race from the betting market perspective, but it's slight. So I'm going to rush and make my decision within a week so I can get that best number in the mm-hmm. betting markets because the betting markets are the best predictors. And I'm predicting they're going to shift towards Greenfield. And I think the kicker that will, you know, I always thought this will, this was going on. The kicker they will get uh, Joni Ernst and why she's in trouble. That's why she had her up. They didn't have all the Republican senators there. They had the ones that they're in trouble. They knew they were going to lose and they needed that free publicity. They needed that whole billion dollar arm that uh, Laura Trump is running. But I think mm-hmm. the kicker, right, because it's a silent majority. Polls, right, people just say what they think you want to hear. But in business to survive, you got to get deep into somebody's head into what they are really thinking. Mm-hmm. We'll end with this question to you, Sarah Lynn Robinson. I think the seniors in Iowa already don't feel safe with McConnell and Trump mm-hmm. the way they handle their social security. Yes. Greatest generation, Second World War, from a moral compass point of view. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ernst dug her grave when she voted uh, against impeachment for Donald Trump in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a few months ago, maybe before the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have agreed with that. But yeah, I think he's definitely um, everything, uh, everything about Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security. And now, you know, with this, with his handling of the pandemic, I think he could be losing a lot of what he thought was secure in the vote from, you know, boomers and the, and the greatest generation. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And a mistake, technical mistake from marketing and messaging standpoint is, and this goes to, and I'm sure a lot of Trump is calling them their uh, dumb, um, bunkin country people. She went for an inconsistent strategy. Mm-hmm. Even though it might work for Democrats, where they walk and talk like Republicans, but register a Democrat, she negotiated mm-hmm. Trump. She said how shady the deal was with the Ukraine, but when it came rubber to the road, she caved in, right? And hopefully she got a lot of money for caving in because I don't think she's going to win this, the Iowa Senate race because those old uh, baby movers, that inconsistency is going to rub them the wrong way, and they only care about their Social Security. So that right. consistency on that, they're going to extrapolate to, hey, man, I can't trust Joni. And I can't trust uh, Trump or McConnell with my social security. Right, right. 
All right, final words as we go. And then the last podcast we'll do, we can do more if you want, uh, Sarah, but the last one I'm thinking is maybe a week before the election mm-hmm. where we kind of give a wrap up of this is where the mail-in ballots are in, uh, this is where the betting markets are in, and then we'll post who to bet on, and then we'll uh, post those on all social media, Twitter, Instagram. We'll post our picks for the election, including um, if I if I decide in a week, man, I'll discuss it with Sarah, and mm-hmm. we'll put out a decision on who we're going to bet on on the Joni Race, Teresa Greenfield race. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. I'm just going to, again, encourage everyone to do their own research and, um, you know, don't, uh, don't get your news in a vacuum and certainly right. don't get it from the RNC. <laughs> right. Or the DNC or even from us. Uh, right. You know, uh, we don't have a monopoly on the truth. Like Laura Trump tried to say, we, we don't right. say what Trump said. We don't have a monopoly on the truth. Uh, we ask questions of you guys and we're static. So many people reaching out to us and asking questions. So feel free right. from us. And if something we can research, we will. And we always close with Winston Churchill. And I'll let Sarah Lynn Robinson take us home with our work. Uh, Winston Churchill quote. We make a living from what we earn. We make a life from what we give. Nailed it. First time I've ever gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the GFCC podcast. Okay, Josh, I'm sorry. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now... Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. That's why this one cost us $800, and that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I'm wearing the shoes and roll my butt, and I got a limousine, so-